A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Very well, welcome to the Premier League Daily Day 2 of the action in Milton Keynes. Night 8, of course, uh, in the Premier League. And boy, oh boy, do we have some stories to talk about. Uh, Jonathan Eaton and Jack Cobbett-Garwood alongside you, as always. Phil Bars will join us from the Milton Keynes bubble a little bit later on for the Phil Bars take. Uh, Gob. Oh, just a boring, boring night in the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> Not a fantastic evening of, of dark and entertainment. Um, after the results of last night, plenty of shocks and, and different directions and players that we just didn't expect to produce these performances have. Um, all changed down at the bottom of the table. Uh, a really big, significant change at the top of the table. Um, and, and those two areas just seem to be grouping together slightly. So, yeah, it's, it's been a fantastic night of, of Premier League darts. It certainly has. And I think there really is only one place to start. And that is with the boring game that uh, that, that took place in game four. I'm going I'm to caveat a couple of things here, right, about this. I think the PDC were a little bit naughty, I'll be honest, because the quote was taken a little bit out of context around Michael Van Gogh and Glenn Durrant. But uh, why do we need contact for anything? Don't let facts get in the way of an app. Let's be honest about that uh, from the start. Um, <clears throat> Glenn Durrant is not... Away, a good story, mate. Absolutely right. <laughs> do not let facts get in the way of an app. We all know this uh, in the life. And that is where we start. Michael Van Gogh against Glenn Durrant, the top two facing off against each other. Obviously, there was a bit of... Uh, discussion coming into the game. Michael Van Gerwen saying that Glenn was a boring player because he grinds you down. Mike, uh, Glenn saying that he hasn't shown him enough respect. Uh, Michael Van Gerwen hasn't shown him Glenn enough respect and he wanted to beat him. He didn't just beat him, Gobby destroyed him. Yeah, what a performance this is. And I, I dropped a cheeky line into the live blog that, that I was covering for us tonight. Um, that if Glenn reproduces that performance over and over and over... That Glenn Durant tonight is the best player in the world. Ooh, I, I can't I, say the, I, I, oh, I just, wow. He, he just is. That's how 
good a performance that was from Glenn Durant because his consistent level of scoring puts you under pressure and his finishing is out of this world. The one six seven completely yeah. changed the game from a tennis match of players holding serve or holding throw in this case to really open the doors, put the best player in the world under significant pressure, something that we've said is, is still in his game. Yeah. And he just motored along after that. He didn't look phased, didn't look bothered. He took every single opportunity when it was given out to him. He didn't matter what double on the board he was. He was throwing out. He took out 10 tonight. He took out 16s. He took out tops. took out 12s. He literally used the entire board. No modus operandi or whatever you want. He just went, that's there. I'm going to take it out. And he, was, he was fantastic. And to do that, yes, he did it one or two 180s. But he isn't the biggest 180 hitter in the game. And I don't think he ever will be. So to be able to produce a performance like that, where he is just so consistent at one and two trouble visits that just keep grinding you down and don't let you get away. If he produces that consistently over and over again and goes on to average 104 without those those fantastic 180s that the other players hit far more frequently than he does, I think that makes him the best player in the world when he does that. I think, look, we, we, we could easily get a little bit hyped up with, with the fact that obviously the record still stands, by the way. I'll be honest with you now, uh, listeners, I was a bit worried coming into this game because I called on the previous show that, that Durant would beat Van Gerwen. And then I messaged the boys earlier on today and I said, I think I've got this one wrong because whenever anybody's talking about Van Gerwen, particularly in the Premier League, as a potential challenger for that top spot, he normally goes and ruthlessly demolishes them. That was a very Van Gerwen-esque Premier League performance from Duzer. We'll come on to Duzer a little bit more in a second though, Gob. How how big of a loss is this for Michael Van Gerwen now? Because he's two points off the top of the table only. But it's just, I think the psychological thing about this now, it's 3-0 and against Durant. Admittedly, they're going to relock horns in the second phase of the, of the, of the uh, Premier League and I am going to bit my house on the fact that Van Gerwen wins that game, by the way, because there's no way he's allowing him to beat him twice in a particular league. Phase. Yeah, I think the only person that did that uh, was last year was James Wade, if I remember says me correctly. But how big of a loss is that for Van Gerwen? Um, I don't know. The thing is, Van Gerwen in the Premier League has got a little bit stale because he's been so good for so long. He turns up when he needs to, doing the odd night. He's been so consistent through the rest of it. And he's almost been guaranteed top spot every year since since Phil rode off into the sunset, right? Cross came mm. close before. Van Gerwen played a few mind games and got back at him. This could be the kick up the backside that Van Gerwen needs to settle on a set of darts very quickly and worry about the performances, not the mind games, and just get back to winning darts matches in a consistent manner that we've seen him do before. He's lost three times in his Premier League phase already. Yeah. That's unheard of. It is. And yes, Especially, the darts, yes, we've had the big lockdown break and all that sort of thing and the motivation and the crowd and all that sort of... We get all that. We know all that's going on, but there, there's still things that you expect him to overcome because he's been so solid mentally, so solid physically for so long. This, this could be the kick up the backside to go, right, now I've got a target. Now somebody in front of me has got a target on my back. And he loves nothing more than chasing someone down and letting them know about the fact that he's right there behind them. Certainly the case. And look, I'm still maintaining, by the way, that Michael Van Gerwen will be pushing all the way for that top spot. 
Oh, yeah, he's not about to give it up easily. Of course. But for a debutant, by the way, Glenn Durrant now, top of the league. He will be top of the league unless something dramatic happens in terms of a leg difference going into the second phase of the tournament. I be honest with myself, no one gave him a prayer of being top of the table at the start of this tournament. No one did. The man is a the man is certainly not boring to say the least at this point. Yeah, correct. He's fantastic. And you're right, not many people did give him a chance to finish top of this league because that's how competitive the Premier League is and, and Glenn's still yet to go and win a big one in the PDC, but I mean, he keeps producing, he keeps producing. And right now, he's three wins away from, from the finals night already. That's mental. That is mental. Michael Smith said in his interview with Sky earlier that he, he's targeting 17 points. If that's enough to get you in, doesn't need two wins and a draw. And he's there. <laughs> yeah, it's mental. Mental scenes then, obviously. Uh, in Milton Keynes, Glenn Dorrant manages to get through against Michael Van Gerwen. He beats him. Uh, by seven legs to three, and is now top of the Premier League. Here he is talking with Phil Bars in the bubble after his win. Glenn, many congratulations. You sit here outright top of the Premier League table. Is that the most boring victory you've ever had in your yeah. life? I mean, it was a bit of a sideshow, all this bond. I wish I was quick, Phil. I wish I was electrifying and, you know, the guy everyone's talking about, like the Ronnie O'Sullivan, but I'm good friends with Mark Selby. And I'm probably the Mark Selby of darts, and uh, it's not a bad thing, you know. Um, but that, that's a big night for me. And, you know, tonight I'm going to celebrate them. When Michael said the comment yesterday, do you think he meant it, or do you think he was trying to play mind games? Because we know he does like to play them. If you read what he said, uh, I think Live Darts enjoyed the, the one liner there. He also said I was a phenomenal player who he needed his A game to beat me. I have so much respect for the guy. Please don't try and. You know, a parallel me with Michael Van Gerwen. You know, the guy wins 30 tournaments a year. Glenn Durrance won two PDC titles. Uh, there's no parallel there, um, and there's no rivalry there. Uh, what it means right now is, like, I'm right at the top of my game. I'm looking for 18 points. I want that top four. I want a bit of the O2. And, uh, you know, tonight I'm a very, very happy man. I've just beat the second best player who's ever played darts. They just beat him. The record is now... 3-0 and growing he probably doesn't like the pace and like I said I don't intend I don't, do you know my father-in-law we had a barbecue in the summer and he just said it's not as if you're changing your game now to, to beat people if anyone watches my game five six years ago in the BDO I was still the same pace quick to the hockey quick getting my darts out but slow throwing the three darts there's no intention to put people off um, and that, that's where I am right now. Leg number three, the 167. Yeah. Massive celebration. I can say this, you just perked up straight away just talking about it. Yeah. Was that almost a game changer moment there and then? No. Was there an 88 finish? Yeah. I, I thought, you know, maybe the 88 finish was, or I think, yeah, there was something there. The 167 was just beautiful. It was just, now you can settle. And I think I might have opened with a 140 there. It takes time to adjust to the practice boards to. You know, to the main board there, but um, it, it's something that I'll probably watch, you know, a million times now. And uh, I, I, I sit here so happy. The job's not done. I'm already thinking of Rob Cross tomorrow now. Talking of the Rob Cross game, you could relegate Rob Cross tomorrow. And looking at the form book, you are the favourite heading in towards that game. 
imagine that. I mean, Rob Cross just, you know, 12 months ago, 18 months ago, was just a world beater, unbeatable. And, and now Glenn Durant's the favourite to beat him tomorrow. You know, he's my target teammate, but I'll be going guns blazing to beat him first on tomorrow. I love going on first. So I'll be going all guns blazing to win that match. Top of the Premier League. You've come close to securing a big TV title in the PDC. Is this the one where Glenn Durant go all the way? Because you're beating everyone in front of you right now. Just give me the top four, Phil. If you give me the top four right now, and uh, I'll, I'll be a happy man. Nearly as happy as Middlesbrough beating Newcastle in a, <laughs> in a, in a league match. And uh, No, no, I, I'm dead chuffed. I'm dead chuffed. But give me, the, give me the top four, and then I'll be happy. Glenn, pleasure as always, mate. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you so much, Phil. OK, game two and a massive night, but at the opposite end of the Premier League table tonight, uh, we're going to go with Daryl Gurney sneaking a victory against Nathan Aspinall. Um, after his, his win last night, he was back in contention. Everything went right for him last night. Then to start the night, Gezi Price goes in and gets a win on the board. Gurney under real pressure here. Uh, struggled to start with. Level pegging with Asp for quite a while. Asp looked very comfortable, but found that extra gear when he needed to and he's off the foot of the table now, Jeff. Again, look, I, I was probably the most uh giving him a chance, I think probably is probably the best way. I was probably the most optimistic is the word I'm looking for, Gob, of the three of us in our previous show about Gurney potentially getting out of this. I did not expect him to be out of the relegation zone after night eight. A ridiculous, ridiculous performance in the end really. But from Look, obviously, we, we, you can watch the game and everything like that. But looking at the stats, right, Asp averaged higher, 103 mm-hmm. plays 98. But that was a massive jump from Gurney from last night with an 86 average against Chris Dobie. But once again, Gob, it's the checkouts that, that, that are doing the business here on that stage in Milton Keynes. 5 of 14 on the checkouts for the Asp. Gurney, 7 of 11. That's brilliant yeah. stuff from Daryl Gurney. And even when he was up against it and when Asp looked comfortable and was, was holding his throw calmly and then putting pressure on Gurney, mm. Gurney's finishing was superb. He'd only missed one in four or one in five at one point. He was fantastic, very resolute, very solid. Um, and like I said, once he kicked on and found that extra gear, he was, he was down in around that, that 80 average, that the average for all of last night to open the game. And you thought, you can't do that against Aspinall. Because he just looks so calm, so confident. Aspinall's scoring is relentless. He has five one eighties on the night. Mm. Um, you just thought that after last night's heroics, if you like, or, or I don't want to say gift, I don't want to say heroics, somewhere in between. Like, it wasn't the best performance, yeah. but you'll take the result and, and you'll run with it. To get that last night, you thought that after gezi winning tonight it just wasn't going to be gurney's night but it was fantastic so much grit so much determination from gurney um and yeah like you said i, I didn't really give him a hope of correcting his position i, I thought the three points drift of everybody else with with three to play was, was too much for him but he's done it he's he's not the man on the chopping block at the minute but he, he still needs a good performance tomorrow he certainly does. I think the crucial moment, I think, came in that seventh leg where both missed uh, a couple of darts at a double uh, for the leg. I think Asp in the end missing th- uh, three for the leg. Uh, Gurney missing uh, a fair few, <laughs> let's put it that way. Uh, missing th- uh, two for the leg uh, and then uh, in the end managing to, to go from there. Uh, my point is, is that when Aspinall missed those chances, in particular in the seventh leg, you have to take them. 
And that is the thing about Gurney. He definitely did. You know, that's coming back on what was double one. Gurney was left on 60 and he manages to take that out. That is such a crucial outshot. And it's moments like that where if you're going to get yourself back into the race for a potential playoff spot, I appreciate it's a bit of a, you know, it's a bit of a climb, but at least get out of that relegation scrap. It's moments like that that have to go your way. And for Gurney, that is a huge, huge win. Seven next to five. Fair bit of emotion on stage as well for Daryl. Wasn't there towards the end of that, I think. I, for, for what Gurney's normally like, I thought there was a fair bit of emotion upon that stage. Yeah, I think that's how much it means to these players. I haven't been able to play darts for a long time. Not the best match play. Settled into it and he's, he's fighting for his Premier League life. And he did this last year. Let's not forget, he went on a bit of a run approaching Judgment Night to to keep himself interested. And then in the second phase, he was fantastic. So look out for that again, because if he does survive, there's not too big a gap. If you start seeing one or two players drop off from that top four position at the minute, it's very tight there in the minute. But like we said, Michael Smith was close to being dragged back in. He's now distanced himself and is safe, but there's still a lot of bunching. I think Dodger and MVG will start reeling their way off and maybe right. But that fourth spot, that fourth spot is really wide open for anybody else that's in that in that Premier League at the minute. And that's where I think Aspinall shouldn't be too worried about it because he's only outside the top four on leg difference at the moment. So there's only a one leg difference as things stand. So I don't think it's that bad of a deal for him at this moment in time. So hopefully for Aspinall's sake, he'll just be able to move on and, and move on to tomorrow. Yeah, I think he will. He's, he's a player that can dust it down and, and get back on the board and get back on with it and, and just go with a task in hand. Um, it will be tough for him to, to make that top four, I think. Obviously, I'm, we both quite highly tipped Michael Smith for this Premier League. Um, didn't have the best night last night, but scored fantastically well again tonight. We'll get on to him again in a minute. Um, they're just players in and around there that, that can do damage. So, yeah, wide open, but Asp still within a great chance of him and Dozer both on debut making, making the playoffs. And of course, tomorrow night, it is Nathan Aspinall against Michael Smith. So uh, whoever wins that one is going to get a massive boost in the top four, but a massive boost for Daryl Gurley tonight. He beats Nathan Aspinall 7-5, and here he is talking with Phil. Many congratulations. You're smiling. You're in with a chance. That's two wins from two. You've gone back to back. You're feeling pretty good right now. As long as I uh, avoid elimination, uh, I'm happy, but... um... Yeah, no, I mean, obviously Nathan's one of my best friends. Uh, I mean, I was, I was trying to be damnedest. I was taking out finishes there last start, which I'm usually really good at on the floor, but I just haven't taken it on the stage. And uh, the one four four, I think there was a 68 and stuff I got in there. It really hurt him. And, uh, yeah, thankfully I got over the finish line and got two points instead of one. Talking of the one four four, we saw a huge reaction from you, you really enjoyed that one. Was that maybe the turning point in the game that gave you a little bit of belief? I know, the strange thing is I had belief from the start. It's just, as dark players, we want to, we want to hit, the, hit the ground running and then sometimes it just doesn't happen. But uh, whenever you're getting beat 2-1, I think, ju- just with throw, I just thought, just, just come on, give yourself a wake-up call. And um, he was there and there, I, I didn't think he was too far behind me. and for three or four legs all I could see was 140, 140, ton, the 140, 140, ton, 140, 140. Oh yeah, well this is this is why he's one of the best players in the world. But uh, yeah, I hung in there, took my opportunities and um, I thought to myself whenever I was 6'5", I thought just on my throw I just thought just 
just don't throw it per leg and give them the opportunity. So I just thought I'd just be positive. But uh, start off with probably you know, a couple of treble twenties and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, no, I was happy enough to come away with a win. Um, sorry for Nathan for getting beat. I mean, he's a gentleman. I love him. And uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's moving on to bigger and bigger things. As it stands, you're currently outside the relegation zone. Is that a big thing for you heading into Judgment Night to still be outside and heap the pressure on Rob Cross being in that relegation zone? Um, no, not really. I mean, before I came here, I got here Monday, and me and uh, Matthew we discussed it. And I thought uh, I have to win all three games, and if I don't win all three games, I'll probably get relegated or eliminated. Sorry, I apologise, Dave. <laughs> uh, eliminated, but um, yeah, no. Um, the first three games have went to plan. Uh, you just never know how it's going to go tomorrow night. I mean, then today I've got to play Peter Wright. The world champion, um, the world number two. So uh, yeah, if I can pull another one off, I'll be I'll be very happy. But if I still get eliminated after um, winning all three games, there's nothing else uh, much you can you can do. But uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm glad the way the, the the first two games have went. Would you sleep easier though tonight, not being bottom of the pile? No, not really. It doesn't make a difference for me, honestly. Um, Rob goes there now, wins. I'm still a point behind. Uh, Giz is really won uh, against Gary. So, yeah, whatever way it goes, it goes. I can't wait. I'm not a player who goes, no matter I wish Rob would get beat. I wish Gizzy would get beaten. All this kind of crap. Um, I just think that if I go up there, do my job, and give myself the opportunity, hopefully I, I do it. But uh, it's not enough. It's not enough. Because um, at the end of the day, let's face it, if I get root. Eliminated. That's what Dave keeps telling me. Um, the other boys have done a better job, and I think I always look at us in such a way as I don't. I don't see it as a downbeat thing. I think that they've done a better job. They deserve to be uh, playing here for the next ten days or seven days or whatever it is. So uh, yeah, I've, I put my name in the running now. So it's up to uh, Rob now to uh, see how he performs. Game number three, then, that we are going to talk about, Gob. And, uh, well, at, for the ecstasy of Michael Smith going back up into the top four and the ecstasy for Daryl Gurney for getting out of the relegation zone, one man who is in the relegation zone is Rob Cross. And yet again, a horrendous night for him in terms of the leg difference as well. Minus 11 leg difference now, while Daryl Gurney's on minus five. Uh, as he lost 7-3 to Michael Smith. And he's one point behind Daryl Gurney and got a horrendous leg difference. So the only way pretty much he's going to get out of that tomorrow is if Gurney loses to Peter Wright and he beats Glenn Durrant to start the night. It's the first first game on tomorrow night. If Glenn Durrant and Rob Cross, you know, Glenn Durrant beats Rob Cross or takes a point off him, I don't see how he gets out of it. And it's another strange, strange performance tonight because Michael Smith averages 96, 7 of 21 on the checkouts, but 3 of 14 on the checkouts for Cross tonight. He carved out opportunities. Admittedly, not as many as Smith, but he carved out the opportunities that he just couldn't quite take. Yeah, he did. There was a couple of legs where we actually saw a bit of desire from Cross. The old two-handed fist pump, he took out the one four three. I think it was. Um, and he looked really fired up and into this. And he thought, 
Smith with the troubles that he's having on the outer ring that he had last night. They they continued tonight. He still wasn't as clinical as he can be on the on the doubles and on the finishing. Um, you thought crosses him with a chance, but again he just he just dropped off. Um, couldn't maintain that level of interest. Almost there's no intensity from him. Um, still way too many loose starts. Um, and yeah, I think he's in real real trouble. And to be honest. It's not very often I say this, but I don't think losing tomorrow would be the worst thing for him. I think more time no, away agree. from the board, get off away from the TV cameras and just go and work on your floor game and building your game back up as a, as a professional art player because the, there's real problems with the action at the minute. I think there's real problems with the mentality. Um, and as Phil alluded to yesterday, there just doesn't seem something right with Rob Cross at the minute. So... If there isn't, we, we hope that everything is, is fine and in hand and it'll be back to the old Rob Cross that we know. But and, until then, he, I'm just not sure that being in that pressurised zone is, is good for his starting career at the minute. No, I mean, like you say, Smith went 3-0 up with a few missed darts at doubles throughout those first three legs uh, for Cross, particularly in the second and the third leg. But then when he got it back to 3 all, uh, Cross, I thought, oh, do you know what? This could be interesting here. He looks like he's actually on fire a little bit, as you say. But then I think, again, crucial moment comes in the seventh leg where he missed an absolute shed load of darts at a double. Uh, sorry, the eighth leg, excuse me, where he misses a shed load of darts at a, uh, leg, uh, darts at a double for the leg. You know, he has a chance. He has a one. He needs a one. Th- uh, he has a hits a one three two to leave thirty two, and then he goes and misses three at a double when Smith has actually missed double eleven himself. It's a huge moment in the game where if he gets back to four all, then things might start to happen for him. But it just it just didn't quite materialise for him. I, I know he said what a Rob Cross is at the moment, but I'm going to make a bold statement here, and maybe I'm being a bit too harsh on it, because obviously he's a world match play champion last year and a European champion. But what's that year? I appreciate it's a year-long event, right? But was that year that he lifted the world championships when he was number one on the Pro Tour and he was doing bits on the Euro Tour every now, you know, every pretty much every weekend? Was that the exception to the rule about Rob Cross? No, no, I don't think so. I, I genuinely think he, was, he is that good and can be that good. I, I just think that there are frailties in his mentality um, at the minute and, and frailties in his action. And I, I tweeted something earlier. It was quite simple, just one sentence. It was, darts players need coaches. Every other sport, players have coaches. They have somebody in around them for when things go wrong that can tell them what they're doing wrong. Darts doesn't seem to have that. You get the same sort of people that travel with the players and, and all that sort of thing. But he needs somebody to go in and correct the things he's doing wrong. Obviously, he's tinkering with darts a little bit at the minute. He's, he's changed his shirt. Um, he just doesn't seem as comfortable and he needs to find that comfort. And I think that that's where the sport needs to evolve a little bit now. For Michael Smith, though, back into the top four after getting beat last night, it just shows you how tight this Premier League is getting at the moment, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Like I just said, it, it seems to be bunching in in certain places. Uh, once this uh, judgment night is out of the way, um, we we could see a real scrap for for those last spots on final night. Absolutely, Michael Smith managed to beat Rob Cross seven three, and Michael was talking to Phil 
after his win. Michael, many congratulations. 7-3 victory. Very solid performance. It was until I went 3-0 up and then started to drop everything. But no, I'm just glad to get the win, especially after yesterday when I played really well. 3 out of 16 on doubles didn't help, but tonight I don't think I was any better. It's just that Rob kept missing and let me back in when I was given chances. So, so it's a funny old game because you were absolutely sublime last night, but just Gary was produced one of those special performances. What did you say when you went to your hotel room to yourself? Because you didn't do a lot wrong, but obviously you didn't do um, just desserts. It takes a miss, he said he'll never have 7 out of 7 on doubles ever again. <laughs> he, he's been playing for 30 years, he's never had 100% on doubles. And he, he finally had it last night, but... No, Gary did play well last night. I give him. So I think it was only one leg. That was the last leg. He never had a double, and it was one of them. I didn't. I didn't take the chances. He did. He ate everything he was left. And fair play to him. And it was another one tonight. Playing Rob, missed. Luckily enough, he wasn't Gary. He missed as well. But then when he went 180, 143 he's going to do it. It's going to happen again. Everyone's played bad in the league, but when they play me, seems to turn up with like 100 averages, but. Luckily enough, it didn't happen today and I got the win. Looking at the table, that two points puts you back third. Next game up, are you hoping for a draw? Because you've got one eye on top spot and 25 grand, haven't you? No, I don't want to draw, I want to win. <laughs> no, what about drawing, I just want to win. But uh, no, I, tonight was a lot of pressure because when I come this week or four, I've got three games, I'm going to bang at a point. So a point saved me. And then I lost to Gary and then Rob come back to three all four. I'm going to get relegated here. <laughs> Lovely enough, uh, I think he um, double A, I stepped back in it, double A last start to go 4 3 or 5 3 right, Just do your dice now, you're fine. As soon as I got to 6, I thought I'd buy him safe. And same tomorrow, be Nathan, I'm on 11. I'm only, what, two points behind Michael or Glenn. And if you draw, I'm level. So, nah, I'm looking forward to it. Now. I mean, drawing this game does you a huge favour, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, the thing is, I'm, I'm not bothered if you draw or win or whatever. It's my fault that I'm not there. Because I've, I've not won the matches. I'm not like uh, a Premiership team or a Championship. I don't even rely on results. I don't want to go to last day and figure I need West Ham to get beat to Bournemouth. I, don't know. I just want to get on with him whenever he myself playing. If I don't finish there, I don't finish there. Same as, what, three years ago? I think I lost five games and finished two points behind Michael. And I think both times I played him was 7 5. So I could have nicked a few results against him. Could have finished top then. But, I could finish fourth as long as I made the finals as I'm above. Almost a Premier League veteran now. Is this the. Oh, it's bad, isn't it? Is this one of the tightest leagues that you, yeah, you've known? By far. I think my first year, I was relegated on two points. But yeah, I think Rob. I, think I had a doubt I won 40 to draw against Rob Thornton that year in Liverpool. And that would have got me safe on three points. But then the year after, someone got relegated on two. Then three, and now I was on seven points and I could still go down. So I needed that win, that's how tight it is. Got five points. I don't think anyone's ever been relegated on five or six points before. It's always been two or three points. So it is tight, even top. Michael's normally about eight wins in now. <laughs> it's different, it is, it is weird this year. Cheers, lad. Okay, game number four for us on the agenda tonight is the opening match of the evening. Uh, last night's performance of the night for me for, was Gary Anderson. I need to call Gerwin Price tonight. Um, not the same Gary tonight, was it? It was like watching Jekyll and Hyde with those bloody new darts, Jar. 
you know what? Before I let, before I give praise to Gezi, because I think that's what we need to do at this moment in time. I am going to put my feet up at this moment in time, <laughs> listeners, uh, because uh, a certain Jack Gobby Garwood on our preview show absolutely cascaded Gary Anderson for uh, switching to uh, the Phase Two from the beloved Noir Darts and uh, got a bit of slack from me and Phil Bars uh, last night after the performance against Smith. Uh, got back. I can imagine you must be very happy after that performance tonight. <laughs> I'm, I'm just not sure I want to go back and listen to myself from last night because I actually praised him in the end for the swap because they worked for him, but they're so hit and miss, and they have been before. He's, he's never not been able to produce the level that he did last night when he swapped to new darts. You think that the ones that he played that final against Michael Van Gerwen in Dubai with, mm. they were a complete different barrel shape, but they weren't any good for him consistently. Um, and I just think these are going to be the same. He was as good as he was on the outer ring last night. He was atrocious this evening. Um, yeah. Obviously, Gezi put him under a lot of pressure um, and, and played very well, which we'll get onto in a second. But the straight barrels are the one for Gary. They always have been. I think they always will be. That's where he's done all of his damage, all of his big wins, the confidence he gets from Fernham. And the fact that he keeps tinkering around with them, I think means there's still something slightly wrong with his action. There has to be. I'm just not sure what he's searching for. Is is it an ease of throwing? Because if it is, then uh, I hate to say it, but it's time to retire. You can't be looking for ease of throwing. You have to throw the way that you know how to throw the darts to get you results. Well, I mean... (laughs) There wasn't. Uh, here's the thing for me. All right, Gary didn't really carve out that many opportunities on his on his uh, you know at all at double tonight. In my opinion, he, he was only one for eight on the checkouts. Okay, but Gezi was seven to twenty, so his scoring power was there tonight from Gerwin Price. I mean, you look at the third leg where he missed at four darts to win the leg. Did, uh, did uh, Gary Anderson? For, for the double breaker throw in the end, Gavin Price goes and does it. You know, you, you look at, you know, the, the, the leg that he actually won, the only leg that he won, by the way, listening, obviously Gavin Price beat Gary Anderson 7-1, was a magical 1-1-6 checkout. Like, how can you miss so many darts a double, you know, and they go and ping a 1-1-6? Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. And, like, that was the problem for last night, for Michael Smith, was the fact that Gary was averaging 7-8 of eight on the checkouts, you know, this time he only hits one of eight. So, like you say, it seems like the new darts at least are very, very hit and miss, as you say, Gob. It's it's weird. I think it's weird. Darts are weird game. It is, and again, like I just made in the last segment, that's why you need a coach. And uh, Gary's been around a long time. I'm not sure he's the sort of character that, that would take on a coach on board. But at the same time, when he is tinkering or when he's looking at getting back to fitness like he was from that back injury that he had, that would have been the perfect time for it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely right. So not a great night for Gary, but remember, of course, he mentioned in the interview last night that being in this environment where you're only thinking about darts is probably not helpful for him. So we'll see what happens tomorrow when, of course, he meets Michael Van Gerwen um, in, on judgment night. For Gerwin Price, though, I said he wasn't in a relegation battle actually he cannot get relegated now Gerwin Price because of the leg difference he cannot get relegated so that's a big thing for him so he will be in the second phase of the Premier League but more importantly he's on a plus three leg difference now he's also uh, so that's one leg dif- uh, one leg difference uh, to the man in Michael Smith 
who's in the top four with a plus four leg difference. And he's only two points behind him. A big win for Gerwin Price tomorrow. And he could be flying up the table again. Yeah, he could. Fantastic performance from Gezi. He did what he needed to do. He's he obviously, from his comments pre-match and post-match and, and what we said last night on yesterday's show, he obviously doesn't enjoy the, the atmosphere and environment they're playing at the minute. I'm not sure he enjoys the Premier League full stop, to be honest. He didn't particularly enjoy it last year. He made comments after he finished it and that he, he wasn't particularly looking forward to going back. Um, I, I'm just not quite sure what he expects. It's, it's almost as if he wants everything to be perfect for him and, and if it's not, then there's a conspiracy against him and he's, he's looking for things that are the smallest things that are wrong so that he's got an excuse or that he's got something to talk about if it doesn't go his way. Yeah, and that's the complete wrong mentality to be going at. I'm not saying that some things might not have happened, but like he made a comment about seeing the score where it said Gary Anderson seven, Gerwin Price. You no, know, that, that's the standard test pre-event. But, They'll do that but, with most of the scores for the first game. Like, yeah, but the, the fact time, that that's just... agitating him means that he's a lot more frail mentally than I ever thought he was. Yeah, but also at the same time, you can't just pump in crowd noise after leg four. If you're not going to play the crowd noise at the start of the game, you can't just pump it in straight afterwards. Sod that for a laugh. I'm with, I'm with Gessie to an extent there. You can't just I change the that. playing yeah. conditions. 100%. I agree with that bit. That, that was wrong. If it's, if it's going to happen, then it needs to be from the start. Yeah. Um, and, and for all the players, exactly the same. To do that tonight was, was wrong. And I think... It's quite silly of whoever made that decision or, or cut it in at the time they did, considering those comments last night um, about the potential that there was booing and the walk-on yeah. and, and that sort of thing. I just don't think you stoked that fire any more than you had to. But he is a professional. And yes, it changed the playing environment a little bit, but he, he got over it tonight and he got on with the game and he did his job and he got the points. He certainly did. He beat That's Gary what he and- needs to do. Yeah, he certainly did. And uh, obviously, he gets back into the race for the playoffs. He can't be relegated now because of the leg difference, which is a big thing for Gerwin Price, as he spoke to Phil Bars afterwards. Jazzy, congratulations. Off and running on the restart of the Premier League. First four legs, absolutely immaculate. And then they turned the sound on. <laughs> no, I mean, I was like, in the zone, and then all of a sudden, the sound came from away. I thought that I was just in the zone, and I didn't, was just blocking it out. but. Apparently the machine was broke, which was good, <laughs> and then they fixed it, which was bad. But I don't know. It's just I'm not happy with the with the sound behind me, and that I don't play well with it. And the fact that it's there, and I'm thinking about it, is the problem. That I got through that game seven-one. Gary missed a load of doubles, like I did yesterday. But I'm happy with just the win. But seven-one, yeah, a little bit better. Did you know beforehand that it was going to start with no sound and bring it in, or was it a surprise to you when it happened? No, I. I I was expecting it to be from the beginning, and then when I just found my rhythm, I wasn't even thinking about it. Then all of a sudden, I could hear it, and I was like, "Set the rust." Or they turned it up, have they? But apparently, it wasn't even on at the beginning. But I think I think they shouldn't even play it. But it's not down to me to make the rules. But they should just play it to the TV and just let us play like on a pro tour. I think. I think most players will play better as well. Not just me, but. You know, nobody's playing brilliant. Gary played well yesterday with Michael, but apart from that, the match play and everything, I think everyone's been rubbish. So if they just let it be like pro tours, let players play what they're comfortable with, 
and then the spectators will get better games. Looking at the table, are you looking up or looking down at the moment? It's so tight, isn't it? Well, it depends how Rob and Daryl does, so I'm still looking down at the moment, but you know, I just need to be confident I can win my game tomorrow and then nothing else matters, but yeah. I'm not wishing one of these to lose, but a little bit of pressure off if they do. Did you look at the table? Do you feel the relegation pressure? No, not at all. I mean, these these uh, since the lockdown, I just look at these as just a bit of practice for me now, looking forward to the big majors at the end of the year, whether they're year or whether they're going to be with crowds in their original venues. But this is good practice, and I, I can't practice in the house. It's, it's difficult for me. You need match practice and. Yeah, I played a little bit better today, but I need to improve. It's been a hard period as a disjointed Premier League because of everything that's gone on. And like you say, you need that atmosphere and that crowd to, to get to where you need to be. Yeah, I'm not saying I need the booze and I need all that to get me going, but you do need a crowd, you do need the adrenaline, or you just need what it is on a pro tour. You, you can't have an in-between, I don't think, but I don't make the rules. I just have to dig dig deep and do the best I can. Looking ahead to tomorrow, you've got Jermaine Mortimina. Two points there could put you into the top four. I'm just going to take every game as it comes. I'm not taking anything for granted. We've all had four or five months off and anybody can beat anybody. Just whoever turns up and plays the best on the day and, and takes their chances. And If I'm not on my game tomorrow, then I'll lose. But I don't know. I, I'm playing well. I just need to be a little bit more confident. But when you're not playing, that doesn't happen. Jesse, thanks very much, mate. Please. Final game on tonight's then was Peter Wright against Jeffrey Desvan. This uh, week's challenger, I was going to say, tonight's challenger, if you like. Uh, both players in orange gob. Uh, didn't really feel right with Rotterdam, did it? Uh, <laughs> we were playing in Milton Keynes instead. Uh, but uh, but there we are. Um, a, 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 you know, a, a standard d- demolishing of a challenger, as should be done. Uh, averaging 102.3. Uh, hitting 3-180, on the checkout. All in all, a pretty decent night for the world champion who is starting to find his form in the Premier League. That's three wins in four. So that's seven points out of eight with the draw as well last night against Daza. Peter Wright ain't going away in this Premier League and we thought he might be after, uh, after the first few weeks where he just wasn't looking right. But he is now. It's looking all right for Wright. Yeah, he looks pretty good. He looks back to the right that won the World Championship. There's that renewed confidence in his game. I think he had a little bit of a blip around February time. Um, obviously defended, uh, went on to, did he win the Masters? Did win the Masters, yeah, he won the didn't Masters, he? Yeah. But yeah. that wasn't the most convincing in the world. Um, yeah, Mark Smith had missed three. Yeah, Mark Smith missed three to win the title. So it's one of those, isn't it? You know, And then obviously um, that game against Van Gerwen in the Premier League in Aberdeen. Yeah, not the nicest way to open your account, as I said yesterday. So, um, yeah, he's looked pretty good, pretty sharp from them. Um, Takes some time to use the lockdown well by the looks of things. Obviously, he mentored Dimmy for a while um, and had some and some troubles at home. Obviously, Joe wasn't very well. Um, but, yeah, he looks refreshed. He looks happy to be there. Um, very, very professional performance tonight. Um, every time... Jeffrey managed to actually open up an opportunity, um, didn't take it, right stepped in, took it out. Um, yeah, put himself in contention again. You wouldn't rule him out. It'd be a massive threat for the second half of the Premier League, especially if he's playing night in, night out. I think that that match practice will really help someone like Peter. Um, yeah, just 
very, very good performance in good form, and he's not one that you'd want to be playing on the either the first night of the second phase or the final night of the second phase. No, not at all. I, I, I totally agree there. The thing is about Jeffrey, and this is another issue about the challenges in particular. The challenges don't seem to me now without that backing of the crowd. It just doesn't feel right, does it? I know they have to keep them in there because they said they're going to be in the Pro League, but it just doesn't feel right. We saw Doby last night, not uh, Chris Doby, not really perform well. Jeffrey again, not performing that well uh, tonight on the screen. Maybe, of course, you know, you've got Jermaine Watamina tomorrow against Gerwin Price. But there's just something about the challenges for me that don't really seem to be. Uh, it just doesn't feel right when we're doing this in MK. Yeah, I agree. Uh, tonight would have been a fantastic night of darts in the Ahoy. Oh. And I'm not sure we would have got some of the results that we did. No, I think totally agree. The above what it does. Uh, if Dozer had put that performance in in front of the Dutch crowd, who would have been on his back, that would have been one of the performances of the year. Yeah, he, he already totally is. Agreed. It's still a fantastic performance. But if he'd managed to do that in front of 10,000 screaming Dutch people, that would have been even better. Um, yeah. Obviously, both, like you said, both players turn up in orange. And when they walked on to that, my first thought was, what a night of darts this would have been in front of in front of a crowd. Yeah, agreed. But obviously, uh, with with what's going on, we've we've made the best of it. We, we carry on playing darts. We carry on getting the tournament complete. Um, but yeah, it's still a crying shame. And this isn't anything against contenders. I think that they've just been left in a situation where the importance is to get the rest of the Premier League finished. And they're still in, but they're not playing for anything. There's no crowd to support them. There's no extra incentive because that's not fair on anyone else that's played before. And it's just a strange time to be one of those three players, especially if you're Jermaine, who hasn't played in that environment before. Yeah, because the other two for tonight have. Yeah, obviously as well. Of course, Jermaine uh, played the match play, didn't he, uh, as well. Um, but like I say, got absolutely battered off the board in that uh, game. Uh, Jeffrey Desvan got battered off the board tonight again as a contender, but a big, big win for Snake Bite Peter Wright. He manages to go and beat Jeffrey Desvan. And uh, after his match, he speaks to uh, Phil Bars. Peter, many congratulations. Job done this evening. 7-1 demolition job over Jeffrey Desvan. Must be over the moon. Yeah, obviously, uh, you know, wasn't it? Uh, I was confident uh, in mid arts and stuff like that, but you know, to get seven one against Jeffrey is uh, against a quality player is, uh, you know, is no easy, easy task. Uh, but I went and done it, and and I, need, I needed it as well for obviously to try and get myself in that top four. No mind freezes on stage tonight either. Trying to leave double seven. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, uh, maybe, maybe tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Was it easier playing Jeffrey here in Milton Keynes than it would have been in Rotterdam? Do you think? Ah, uh, well, obviously that's why I dressed up <laughs> bit orange and everything because obviously it was supposed to be in Rotterdam, so that was the the idea. Obviously, try and put myself in there, uh, you know. But it, it would have been uh, an amazing atmosphere as it is always there, and. Uh, but uh, I'll I more fired up, I think, there. So uh, I would prefer to play there. Going on last, is that tough sometimes, seeing the great performances and bigger results happen beforehand, knowing that you've slipped down the table and if you win, you go back up, but the fact that they've won before you, is that extra pressure? I think, yeah. I, I, thought, I first uh, see the draw for the first three days I'm going last last going oh my god I'm an old man I should be in my bed by then and stuff like that and uh, 
but it's actually been a sort of a bonus, really, because you said looking at the results and knowing what you have to do and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'll, yeah put me on last all time. Tomorrow night, you could have a big say on the battle at the bottom. You've got Daryl Gurney. What's it like knowing that you could relegate? Anyone, or sorry, eliminate anyone in this Premier League. It's it's about knocking each other out. It's you ain't got to feel sorry for anyone because you ain't got no friends in the game, and it's you you're out there to for yourself and not look after anybody. It's, it's a, you know you've got to be that person who's in front of you, and if you don't, you know you're silly. Talking to Dan, you said about the flamboyant nine data that you hit oh, in, yeah. in, in, <laughs> in the back room beforehand. Yeah. yeah. What differences are to these darts to the World Championship ones? What have you tweaked on them? Well, I think it's just the uh, uh, speed of my throw. I think it's just it's like the darts not because I was obviously as you know methodical one. Just dart used to go up and then if there's any air or anything, it, it'd catch it. And obviously, like uh, the faster players, the, the, I've noticed you know they always score heavily because the darts they're forcing them through the air. You know, and they get to the ball quicker, so stopping the air, the air to get to it to affect your dart. So, you know, as I said, I just tried it and uh, I'm happy with it. And uh, so, fingers crossed, hopefully it gets better. Tomorrow night, if you hit a 180 first, will you go 170, 151? I might do. I might do. Wait and see. Peter, a pleasure as always, chap. Thank you very much. Thank you, bud. Thank you. Peter right there talking through his victory over Jeffrey Desvan. And let's go through then the Premier League table as it stands after eight games played by all of the nine main players in the league. Glenn Durant is top with a 15-plus leg difference and on 12 points. He's two points clear of Michael Van Gerwen, who has 10 points and a plus-nine leg difference. He's in second place. Peter Wright is in third with 10 points and a plus-seven leg difference. And then Michael Smith is fourth with a nine points and a plus-four leg difference. Nathan Aspinall is also on nine points with a plus-three leg difference. They play each other tomorrow night, so one of them is going to get some big ground in the race for the top four. Gary Anderson is on a minus-three leg difference with eight points in sixth place. Gerwin Price is on a plus-three leg difference with seven uh, points. He cannot get relegated now. And uh, Daryl Gurney is on six points with a minus five leg difference on eight, in eighth place. And then Rob Cross is now ninth. He has to win tomorrow night pretty much if he's going to get any shot, uh, realistically, of getting out of the drop zone with five points and a minus 11 leg difference. Phil Bars is on the line now from the bubble in Milton Keynes. PB, great to chat to you. Um, as always, my friends, and as I said to go at the top of the show, a boring night in the Premier League. Good evening, gentlemen. It was an absolute snooze fest. Fell asleep halfway through, woke up, <laughs> what's going on? Went back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as you said before at the top of the show I think the PDC might have taken that quote from MVG slightly out of context but even so what a performance by Glenn Durrant I was probably the only person on the show that gave many chance of uh, keeping the undefeated record and his O hasn't gone this is getting up the Undertaker streak at Wrestlemania it really is, isn't it? <laughs> um, no, to be fair, I, first point, yeah, I agree. Sky took the quote massively out of context because, as I said on Twitter to some idiot that was going on, 
Michael went on to say that Glenn was a phenomenal player and everything like that. So it was like, hang on a minute, Sky bit clickbaity? Surely not. Um, but they, they were here. Look, it was a bit, they were trying to play mind games with each other. It yeah. happens all the time. We see it and the mind games backfired. But Dazza was sensational this evening. And the change to the kite flights is making a huge difference because he scored like an absolute Trojan again this evening. He did. He did. Um, like, yeah. yeah, there's no doubt about that. I, I, again, I asked this question to Garb early, but I'll ask the same question to you. Is this that damaging a defeat for Michael Van Gerwen? No. Yeah, I, I don't think it is. Because it, it, it's one of those where, okay, he, he, the record's improved now to 3-0. and Yeah, we get that. But he's going to get a chance to uh, face him again in the second phase of the Premier League. Exactly. It's like and, he's got uh, to play him again. And also, by the way, I've said before, I am banking my house on Michael Van Gerwen beating Glendara. You do not beat the man twice like that, especially after beating him like that in the Premier League. <laughs> you, you don't yeah, do look, it. Look, this time last year, I think MVG was in a far worse situation in the league and still ended up topping the table. So, look, yes, it obviously it'll hurt. But tomorrow, it'll, it'll put it right. I've got no doubt about that whatsoever. And look, it's just one of those ones that... When we look at it, yes, Michael, for Michael's standards, was poor. However, he still averaged the best part of a ton. Yeah. And that's Michael being poor. Um, so put it, let's put it into context here that Glenn Durant was exceptional. The 167 was just majestic and he was brilliant. But look, Michael still averaged, let's say, best part of nearly a ton and lost to someone that's averaged the best part of 105. Is it that damaging? For me, no. Uh, opposite end of the table though Phil uh, the great escape is, is basically complete for Daryl Gurney um, he it, the, the fate's back in his hands if, if he picks up a point he, he's safe well he's done all the hard work he's now not in the, he can go to he goes to bed tonight not in the drop zone um, and let's be honest I don't think he needs to win tomorrow do you do I see Rob Cross winning tomorrow after what I've seen from the first two nights no is the honest answer to that. Um, I think Daza relegates relegates him. So I think um, Gurney's game against Peter Wright is possibly irrelevant at the bottom of the table. Um, Rob just looks out of sorts again. Um, Michael Smith, 3-0 up. Let Rob back in, in fairness, but then went through the afterburners. Rob, again, Dublin was awful. I think it was like 21% or something is double percentage. Um, so... For me, I don't see Cross getting out of this. I said this to Jar earlier. Do you think it would almost be good for Cross to not be involved in the second stage? Because he just looks so badly out of sorts right now that the break and not playing might do him a bit of good. I think it's a double-edged sword. I think part, part of me says yes, but then I think the other part of me says Rob Cross needs games. For me, he's lacking match fitness at the moment. He's like a footballer that is trying to do the right things but hasn't got the legs to do it. Yeah. I think he needs time on the board, but is that time on the board going to be to a damaging effect? So it really is a juggling act at the moment. Um, I think he needs to... Rob needs the autumn series for me where he can go play behind Hugely. closed doors. Hugely. Um, hope, hopefully. And I, and I don't mean this disrespectfully as it might sound. He wants a couple of gimme games in the early stage of the autumn tour. 
And I know some smart-ass going to go, oh, there's no gimme games. Yet. Look, let's be honest, and that one two eight there is. Let's, let's, let's not beat yeah. around the bush. Yeah. There, there are gimme games in that one two eight. So he needs a couple of them, a couple of nice draws, and just needs some time on the board for me. He needs to learn how to win again, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah, 100%. Winning becomes a habit, the same as losing does. And at the moment, he can't buy a result. So if he can go back to the Autumn Series, have a couple of good runs, um, go deep in a couple of the five. Well, he, he, if you offered him five quarterfinals now, I'm sure he'd rip Randolph for them. because I'm sure most of them would. That's, in terms of not even for the prize money, I think that's just a lot of darts thrown and a lot of games played. Yeah. Is, is the thing. So yeah, I think I think Rob just needs time on the board. We'll talk about a couple of other a couple of the big stories tonight. Is Gerwin Price and Peter Wright? I mean, Gerwin Price essentially because he's now only two points off the top four. Garrett, by the way, uh, Phil, you weren't here earlier. Gob is already having a meltdown over the fact that uh, Gary's still keeping the phase two. <laughs> oh, they're, 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 are they in the bin tonight, are they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> They've got to be gone. Um, the, big, the big story still for me, though, aside from Glenn Durrin, is how much Peter Wright has changed. He's picked up seven points in his last out of eight over the last, you know, four games. Since Exeter, well, yeah. since Dublin, when he got absolutely battered by Price, He's been probably the most consistent player in the Premier League from a particular point where we were wondering whether he might not be anywhere near the top four. It might be in a relegation battle. He's absolutely smashed it. And Yeah, it's, in, it's interesting listening to him as well, the fact that he's changed his throw. He's throwing quicker because although he says slower was more accurate, he got more drifts throwing slower. Yeah. Which, yeah. which is an interesting thing. that he's, he's there thinking about these things that he is throwing them a little bit quicker and a little bit harder to get them to the board because of the, the drift he was getting, like, aiming them. It's interesting. Um, yeah, but, no, I, I, I look, Ryan offered no resist, resistance at all this evening either, and Peter Wright had the freedom of Milton Keynes to do whatever he wanted on that stage. Um it just makes Again, really, to be honest, to be honest it, 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 we've said this before, the challenges at the moment just look pointless at this moment in time, if you want me to be brutally honest. Yeah. yeah, well, they haven't a lot of time on the board, for one. And two, as Jeffrey did, as Jeffrey peaked, because since that magical run at the match play, we've seen nothing. Yeah, well, he made a, he made a, he made a last 16 in the, in the World Championships this year. Are just gone. Obviously being obviously being chizzy, probably in one of the games of the year. Um, he needed a dev tour. Well, that's a bigger achievement, <laughs> as we all know. That's the biggest achievement that he's ever had in his PDC career. Um, can, some, can someone see if that's on Jeffrey Dijon's Wikipedia at the moment? <laughs> I'm surprised Johnny Mack doesn't mention it when he uh, when he wanders out. Uh, but there we go. Uh, there's time for performance of the night, then, gentlemen. Uh, Gob, you went first Before, last night, so. Oh. I, Go on, go Before on, sorry, we go to go performance on. of the night, just going to rewind to Gerwin Price. Yes. He's getting a lot of unfair stick Correct. at the moment he for, is. for he his is. comments. Now, I was in the arena. It was, for the first four legs, stone-cold silence like a pro tour. And then someone... that First of all, there was an issue with the sound system in the arena that Sky mm. were trying to fix. That's why it didn't work to start. If it wasn't planned, there was a fault. They obviously rectified it. After leg four, through the switch. 
Now, for me, you started the game in silence. It should finish. And you, for me, you can't switch it on halfway through. Yeah. Yeah, but that's, totally what Gezi, that's, that's what Gezi had to deal with. And it was a big shock because when it, the game kicked off, we were like, oh, no, no crowd noise. And it was stone cold silence. And then all of a sudden it went bang. So look, Gezi has got a very valid point for his comments this evening. I know sometimes he doesn't, but tonight, in my opinion, very valid from being in the arena. Correct. So I, I totally agree with you. I, I was going to mention that <laughs> um, in the performance of the night because uh, I, I was going to use Gary Price as my performance of the night, but Phil basically took it out of my hands uh, for that one. So that's <laughs> lovely for him. Uh, PB, you uh, you uh, didn't go first out of uh, Phil and uh, Jack this time around. Uh, so Phil, performance of the night for you tonight. I'm going to guess there is only one man that gets that role. Uh, 100%. Performance of the night goes to Glenn Darren. No, he was just magnificent. The pressure at the top um, to come out and average best part of 105, beat Michael Van Gerwen, smash Michael Van Gerwen on a stage. He's now top of the Premier League outright. As no context, I would say, this man has got a serious set of bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that one for a while, to be fair. Um, no. Totally so, agree with you. Yeah, that, that, that does it for me all night long. Gob, are we joining him tonight? Are we joining uh, Phil over here? Yeah, easily. It, it was just superb from Dozer from start to finish to MVG comes out of a 15 dart hole to start, and you think, here we go. Maybe, maybe he's about to do what we're, we're so used to seeing him doing and, and steamroll an opponent that, that's got to have been touching distance of him or is threatening him and the way does are stuck with him, the one six seven at the perfect time, um, and then to just go ahead so confidently and so calmly was was fantastic from Dozza comfortably performance of the night. Yeah, look, we're all going to say Dozza's performance of the night. I totally agree. But I just want to do want to give a shout out to Gerwin Price here at this moment in time because of what Phil mentioned earlier um, with what he had to deal with. You know, he is, uh, you know, he's been moaning a little bit on social media in terms of the crowd noise last night. And that's absolutely fair enough. I've got no problem with that, you know, with the booze and the whistles and everything like that. And then to come into that uh, Lions then, if, if, in a sense tonight, knowing that he's got to put performance in because he's in that relegation battle and he goes and does that and absolutely smashes Gary Anderson off the board and he's back in the race now for the top four as well and look does it obviously should be getting performance tonight rightly so but I do want to give Gezi a shout out for what he had to deal with tonight that Phil mentioned and uh, the way he managed uh, to come through and absolutely steamroll through in the opening game of the night uh, very quickly then gents looking ahead to tomorrow really good couple of games uh, up on that stage uh, in Milton Keynes. It is Judgment Night. It is the moment uh, where uh, we will find out who gets relegated. And to be honest, we are both, uh, and all three of us, in fact, are thinking that it is going to be Rob Cross. He takes on Glenn Durrant first off. If Rob doesn't win that tomorrow, he is relegated for sure. Nathan Aspel against Michael Smith is second on. Peter Wright against Daryl Gurney. Michael Van Gerwen against Gary Anderson. And then Jermaine Watamina is the last challenger and he takes on Gerwin Price. Uh, Gob, game of the night for you there, game that you'll be watching. I'm assuming, again, it's going to be one, but uh, we could, it could be a, a surprise. Oh, I don't know now. You, you sprung it on me. Um, do you know what? I just think for pure drama, that, that first one's got potential. Completely out of nowhere. Bottom. Very Top left versus field. Bottom. Top versus bottom. It's massive in the context of... of both well, Cross is 
season and, and what can unfold after that. Um, if it's a bit of a damp squib, the rest of the night doesn't really go off of a bang. Do you know what I mean? So we almost need that one to to keep the evening interesting and, and mm. all the permutations that are still possible after that. And let's be honest, all right, he hasn't been great so far throughout this tournament, but and we've been discussing cross at length, but the times that he has performed is when his back's really been up against the wall. So be, he, is, yeah. he is capable, he is possible. Yes, Dozzle looks fantastic. Um, the pace is, is very similar for each. I think that that one, early doors, has got a chance to be a quality scrap. Absolutely. Team speaking target. Of, speaking, of those, speaking of those games, how is that game first? I, think, I, I don't, don't understand. Yeah, because I think that was that, that was initially what it was when it was made. Because obviously that game probably didn't really appeal to the Dutch crowd in Rotterdam. Let's be honest about it. Yeah, but obviously moved, you've got you've the, got to change it around. For the, the thing is, if you move, yeah, but the thing is, if you move Peter Wright, Daryl Gurney first, then if Daryl Gurney wins that game, then the rest of the night is pointless as well. Well, no, the one that goes first is Jermaine Moamina against Jaron Price because that means nothing. Good point. Fair Absolute enough. Absolute yeah. pointless game. Yeah, yeah, pointless game. The, the, the two games that are last it. should be the two that can still get relegated on Judgment Night. Yeah, Otherwise, 100%. Judgment Night is over. Yeah, it's, judge, it's called Judgment Night for a reason. Yeah, Judgment Night could be over after 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah very good point. Very, very good makes point. makes no sense whatsoever for me. Don't get me wrong, I understand why El Clasico is a prime game because of who it is. Yes. If, but if, if, we, if we get Gary of yesterday and Michael from yesterday, game on. But if we get them from tonight, then again, it could be a bit of a letdown. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing um, is, I, I, when was the last time, really, that Gary Anderson against Michael Van Gogh was an absolute battle between the pair? You're probably looking back, going to bat, what, maybe the Players' Championship semi-final of 2018? I don't know. You go, you go back that Gary Anderson in the World Series last year had no form whatsoever. I think he ran into Michael Van Gogh in each one of the Oceanic yeah. guns and made a game of it from nowhere. For some reason... These two just bring the best out of each other, no matter what form they're in. So, I, I just think that everything conduces to a good game when they play. Um, and I think it will be tomorrow as well. Well, I'll tell you what my game tonight is. It's a huge game in the race to the top four. Nathan Aspel against Michael Smith. That game is absolutely yeah. massive. Massive. I can't explain how big it is. Massive, in the words of no, no context term. Um Look, it's a huge game because obviously Smith in the top four is a one-leg difference between the pair. Nathan Arsenal's basically been in the top four for the majority of the first phase of the league. And if he doesn't win that, then, you know, whoever loses that game is a massive drop-off in terms of the top four. You know, they've got, to, they've got to go and try and do some bits and pieces again. It could be an absolute barnstormer. Really, really looking forward to that. Obviously, Van Gogh against Anderson screams off the page because why wouldn't it? But yeah, I, I, I'm with you, to be honest, Phil. Maybe, maybe there might be a late change and Jermaine Watamina against Gerwin Price might go first. Then you might have uh, Nathan Aspel against Michael Smith. Then Michael Van Gogh against Gary Anderson. Then put Glenn Durrin against Rob Cross and then Peter Wright against Daryl Gurney, potentially. That's probably the best way of doing it. But there might be a late change. Who knows? It might be very, very interesting indeed. But that uh, concludes the Premier League Daily for Night 8. Jack Cobby-Garwood, Phil Bars, as always, gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us here on the Premier League Daily. So uh, what have we learned from Night 8? Well, Glenn Durrin is the real deal. He's top of the Premier League once again with an absolute demolition job on Michael Van Gogh by seven legs 
to three. Daryl Gurney has done the hard work. He's managed to get off off the bottom of the table with a 7-5 win over Nathan Aspinall. That puts Rob Cross in the mire because he loses 7-3 to Michael Smith and needs to win to have any chance of staying up on Judgment Night tomorrow. Elsewhere, Gerwin Price pulls off an absolute uh, brilliant performance against Gary Anderson by seven legs to one, and Peter Wright gets his third win in four games with a 7-1 victory of his own against Jeffrey Deswan. Make sure that you join us on onlinedarts.com tomorrow evening from 6.30. We'll have all the reaction and live action as well on our live blog. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Online Darts TV, for instant reaction from Milton Keynes with Phil inside the bubble. And we'll be back with you tomorrow night for another Premier League Daily, which will be out uh, on Friday morning across all of our podcast providers, Apple, Google, Spotify, and everything else in between on all good podcast providers. And, of course, on the website as well at onlinedarts.com. Make sure, of course, that you're following our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by just searching Online Darts on any one of those platforms. I've been John Athenian. Thanks for listening. Take care, sleep well, and we'll see you tomorrow. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 